Democrats lost the House they'd controlled for all but four years since 1932. They lost the Senate they controlled for all but six of the previous 40 years. Not a single Republican incumbent lost a congressional or gubernatorial race. We are now projecting officially that Democrats win control of the House. This has been a kind of a foregone conclusion for some hours, but we wanted to be able to have a chance to put it up in lights, and there you see it in front of our desk. Exciting things, folks. CNN is now ready to make a major projection. Uh, the Republicans will take control of the House of Representatives. We are coming on the air right now because ABC News can now project that Republicans will take control of the Senate. The midterms, the middle of the president's term, a consequential time for the party in the White House. This year, 33 seats are up in the Senate. All 435 are up in the House. Can Democrats sweep both chambers of Congress in a referendum against Trump? What will this mean for the 2020 presidential election? The history of midterms, the road to 2018, a study of past elections, a preview to the future. A podcast special coming Friday, November 2nd on the Nolan Cleary Network on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Politics Weekly. I'm your host, Nolan Cleary. Politics Weekly is a podcast on politics, news, and principles. With just one week until Election Day, Rashawn Biden and I discuss our final midterm 2018 predictions. We also discuss the shooting at a Jewish synagogue, the pipe bomb sent to prominent Democrats, the end of Megyn Kelly's show, and more. Welcome to Politics Weekly. Uh, I'm back again with Sean Blyden. He's the host of the Political Bomb Show. He has been on this, uh, he's been a guest on this podcast uh, quite a few times. He's going to be on this week. He's going to be on next week for the Election Day special. Thank you for joining me 
again, Sean. Thanks for having me. All right. So uh, we got a decent amount of news. Well, first of all, I want to say don't forget that my first podcast special, uh, uh, History of Midterms, The Road to 2018, comes out this Friday. Um, second of all, we got a decent amount of news to get to, but, uh, uh, but, you know, there, you know, a lot of stuff happened this week, you know, Mel- Megan Kelly lost her show. Unfortunately, there was the, um, very sad. There was the shooting in Pittsburgh. Uh, there was the bomber. So, but, so that we, we've got a lot of stuff. It's, it's a very unusual week because typically there, there's a, a decent amount of stories, but one or two stories really stand out. This week, there were a ton of stories that stood out. Um, obviously, this week is Halloween. Um, but here, here I think the main, the main thing most people listening are probably thinking about is the fact that as of the time this is being uploaded, which is going to be on Tuesday, it will be precisely uh, a week before the elections. Uh, and I'm hoping that after we do the news, we can maybe talk about some of uh, some of what we think the elections are going to be. Um, maybe next week we can do a preview for the 2019 gubernatorial races and maybe some of the 2020 elections. But first, let's get into some of the news. Uh, so let me get it get to the news. Uh, let me bring up my news page right here. Okay, so let's start with the first news story. So, I. Uh, uh, Trump uh, is going to redefine discrimination laws regarding transgenderism. So uh, Donald Trump, this so right now it was being reported that Donald Trump is thinking about uh, changing the anti-discrimination laws uh, under the, the the federal government uh, to uh, so that um, it would not include transgender individuals. In other words, it would redefine. Uh, you know, it would it would redefine transgender individuals as, you know, people that uh, are biologically male or biologically female. So if, for example, if I were to go get a sex change right now under the the law, I would still be if I were to become a female right now under the law, it would still say uh, I'm a male. Um, But what are your thoughts on this, Ray Sean? What are your thoughts? Uh, obviously, there was a lot of controversy about this. What are your thoughts on them changing the law? I think it's about time. I, I'm not a fan of transgenders. You know, it's. I just don't think that if you're born male, you're male. You're born female, you're female. So, in fact, I did early voting today, and I voted to repeal that law. Yeah. What are your thoughts on anti-discrimination laws in general? Um, it it really some a lot. Unfortunately, a lot of people take advantage of of uh, the law, and mm-hmm. so I think it's doing more harm than good. Because one of the one of yeah one of the things people argue is, uh, uh or one because obviously there's been a lot of talk about anti-discrimination laws lately and whether they're necessary. If you go back to the Colorado Baker with that Supreme Court case. That had a lot to do with anti-discrimination laws because he originally went to uh, the courts in Colorado, his home state, and they said this doesn't uh, go along with our anti-discrimination laws. And by these anti-discrimination laws, you have to bake this cake for this uh, this individual. But then he took it to the Supreme Court and 
uh, of the United States, and they decided that 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 no, uh, he didn't have to bake the cake for this individual. Um, now you you said you're not you're not a fan of uh, transgenderism. Um, what are your thoughts on the argument about uh, about gender dysphoria? Because a lot of people will argue that the reason uh, you know somebody might get uh, a sex change is because of gender dysphoria, uh, which is a, a medical disorder uh, by definition. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I just still, I feel that it could be dealt with, like many people, like for instance, you could be born and you have feminine tendencies. That doesn't mean that you want to be a woman. You just have feminine tendencies or you could be a, a female with, you know, lots of, you like to you like a tomboy, and mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that's that you want. She wants to be a male. I think that it's just gone too far. I just think that that some of these doctors are just in it for money. You, you think because it's in the the DSM, which is the official medical handbook. Yeah, I just don't think that. I mean, if you they want to have a if you want to have a sex change because you have a disorder, I still think. If you're a biological male on your, if it says male on your birth, birth certificate, then you should be classified as a male. Okay. Or vice versa. All right. Is there anything else you want to say on this issue, or should we uh, should we move on? Yeah, we should move on. It's not a good. It, I don't. I'm not a fan. Okay. Uh, so the Supreme Court has voted uh, to defend Secretary of Commerce uh, Wilbur Ross. Um, right now, there was a question as to whether Congress would be able to question Secretary of, Con- uh, of Commerce Wilbur Ross as to whether he would actually be allowed or whether the Congress would be allowed to question him in regards to the 2020 census, which is controversial. People have accused him, have accused uh, <clears throat> him or right now people are saying the 2020 census is uh trying to suppress the vote and suppress minority turnout. Um, and apparently the Congress wanted to ask Secretary of Commerce Wilbur Ross about this. But um, Wilbur Ross said, uh, but apparently the Supreme Court said he uh, he does not have to, or the, the Congress uh, cannot, uh, or, or he does not have to answer questions if the Congress asks him regarding the 2020 census. Do you agree with the Supreme Court ruling? And what are your thoughts on this whole situation? Yeah, I agree with, with, the, with the Supreme Court ruling on it because what, what are they finding controversial? I believe the question is if you're a citizen or something, if you're illegal or some, some, something like that, I think. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't see anything wrong with asking that question. It should be asked. So I don't think that it's have anything to do with suppressing any votes at all. I don't think so. I think it's a legitimate question. Are you illegal? Are you illegal? It should be asked. Mm. Interesting. Um, now, what are your thoughts, just out of curiosity, what are your thoughts on the whole thing that's going on with Georgia? Because right now, uh, Brian Kemp, he's the Secretary of State of Georgia. He's running against, he's the Republican running against Stacey Abrams for governor. And because obviously, typically in most states, the secretary of state is in charge of the election results. So typically, like I like next week uh, on Election Day, when you if you look at some of the like, let's say you want to see how Charlie Baker is doing in the governor's race. Well, then you would 
go to the Secretary of State's website and that would show you. Um, but a lot of people are saying that he was trying to suppress the vote and he tried to make the argument that it was about voter fraud. But people thought that he was trying to suppress minority turnout. What was your thought? What were your thoughts on that issue? Yeah, I don't think I don't think he was trying to suppress the vote. You know, it, it take like where I vote. They don't ask me for voter. I, I mean, for my ID, which I don't like. I don't understand why they don't ask me for my ID. I went in to vote and they never asked you for your ID. They just asked of you for your name and that's it. I think we need stronger voting, you know, vote, we need voter IDs laws for sure because there's many people who are voting that's not supposed to be voting. Mm. Um, anything else you want to say on that issue? No. All right. Let's move on to a ne- another issue. So, uh, another, uh, we talked to, we obviously, if you guys haven't seen, we uploaded the new episode of Election Talk uh, with uh, Rashawn and I. Well, a new poll has come out. Again, most most pundits believe Republicans will probably gain at least one seat uh, in the Senate race this year just because of how favorable, historically favorable, the map is. First of all, let me say, this is looking to be a very unusual midterm year. Because typically in terms of turnout, you know, it's like it's like a sideshow. It's like, you know, there, there's typically not that big of a turnout during um, midterms. Um, but right now they're saying based on early voting, the uh, the the mid the turnout could be uh, the biggest turnout since 1914. Now, why is that significant? Well, number one, obviously, 1914 was a long time ago. Number two, 1914 was the first time uh, you could that the public was ever allowed to vote in congressional races. Uh, before that, the public could not uh, vote to elect senators or congressmen in the House of Representatives. Um, it was other people in Congress that voted on that until 1914. But they're saying that that that. This year could be the we could see the biggest turnout since people first were able to uh, vote in congressional elections. Um, And then um, and they're even saying it could rival that of a the turnout of a presidential year. But what's even more interesting is that typically um, in one in most of the midterms, the party one party is expected to do really well in both the House and the Senate. That's no guarantee that they're going to get back control of the House and the Senate, but they're expected to make gains. Like in 2010, Republicans didn't take back the Senate. They did take back the House. They didn't take back the Senate. But the Democrats made zero gains, and the Republicans still made significant gains in the U.S. Senate in 2010. But this year, it's looking like one party, it looks like the Republicans could make gains in the Senate, and the Democrats could make gains in the U.S. House, um, which would be very, very interesting because that typically doesn't happen. But um, uh, in terms of the news story, there is a new poll out of North Dakota, which shows Senator Heidi Heitkamp, Democrat from North Dakota, trailing Congressman Kevin Kramer, Republican North, from North Dakota, by 16 16 points. Um, of course, uh, Heidi Heitkamp was elected in 2012 by just a mere point 
and she's in a tough battle for re-election. She's the underdog in this race. Um, I think that's that might be going from lean uh, Republican to likely Republican. Uh, what are your thoughts on? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I just I think that that um, the um, because of the, the sideshow of Kavanaugh nomination, I think that that sideshow really energized a lot of Republicans. I think I don't, I don't remember if I I think I saw in a poll that a lot of Republicans were maybe a little bit ahead as far as going to the polls early voting like I did. So yeah. I think that that really energized us because. I saw I saw a steady flow of people that's not normal for you know for midterm. So something is definite. We're definitely energized, and I think that that's a really big reason why because of the Kavanaugh sideshow. Yeah. Um, so do you think that seat is lost? For do Democrats have any chance of holding on to that seat? In your opinion? No, I don't think so. You don't think they have any chance? N- no, probably a minuscule of a chance, but I don't I don't think so. No. Uh do you think there's anywhere else where Republicans are going to make a gain in the Senate? Hmm. Uh, like any other particular races? Well, uh, I haven't really been looking at politics much because, as you know, I'm on vacation, so I haven't really looked at much news, really. Yeah. So I'm not sure. Right now, Republicans are hoping maybe they can Right now, they think maybe we can get Indiana, maybe we can get uh, Missouri, maybe we can get Florida. Some Republicans think, you know, Republican, you know, Trump did really well in Montana and West Virginia. Maybe we can get those, but Montana and West Virginia right now are considered long shots because the Democrats have big leads in the polls there. Right. I'm hoping some of these polls are wrong. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say on this issue, or should we uh, move on? Yeah, we can move on. So apparently, um, the uh, the campaign to raise two million dollars to unseat uh, uh, Senator Susan Collins, Republican from Maine, could backfire. So, if you remember um, during the Kavanaugh hearings. There was a, an activist group that was threatening to uh, donate two million dollars to whoever could um, uh, or they they said if Heidi Heike or sorry if Susan Collins voted in favor of confer- confirming Brett Kavanaugh that um, that they would uh, donate to whoever her opponents camp they donate to the campaign of whoever her opponent is in 2020. Um, And uh, she did, of course, vote for Brett Kavanaugh to be confirmed to the Supreme Court, because now we have Justice Kavanaugh, not Judge Kavanaugh. Um, So what are your thoughts? Do you think that... um, But right now, apparently... Yeah, apparently what happened... And we actually had one of her opponents who's already declared a candidacy... Uh, Dr. Cat London as a guest on our show a couple weeks ago, um, but um, right now apparently the uh, the group that was hoping to unseat her apparently they might run into some legal troubles because apparently the, uh, it looks like that might 
violate campaign finance rules, what they were doing. Um, and apparently, you know, the way they did it, the way they raised money was apparently not legal. So they might fa- either face a lawsuit or might be forced not to donate that money to whoever her opponent, is, her Democratic opponent is in 2020. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? No, she's from Maine, right? This- yes, Maine. Yeah, Maine. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's no uh, surprise that that Democrats or anyone donating to Democrats are not playing by the rules and they got caught and hopefully uh, there's repercussions for them doing it the way that they did. Do you agree with campaign finance laws? Uh, yes. Uh, that's where you're, you're, you have to donate a certain amount or something like that. Right. You can't, like if I were a big billionaire person um, like if I were a, if I had billions and billions and billions of dollars, like or if I or if I owned a corporation, like if I owned Apple or McDonald's or Tesla or let's say I was Elon Musk. Okay, I'm Elon Musk. I have a ton of money. I'm like a billionaire. I can't just like donate like hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars to your campaign to get you elected to the U.S. Senate or to get you elected. Uh, to, to like any sort of congressional position, right? Do you agree with that? A lot of Democrats are proponents of that. This the campaign finance laws uh, might end up stopping some Democrats from donating to uh, uh, whoever Susan Collins' Democratic opponent is in 2020. What are your thoughts on that? Right, I, I agree with the laws because the problem is if if I'm a big corporation and I donate millions to a campaign, guess what? When when they win the election, guess what I'm looking for? Some kind of a favor. So yeah. I don't like that. So I think it's that you shouldn't be able to donate as much as you want to any campaign. Be, just because of that, basically, it's like you're buying their buying their uh, you're buying their vote, and you're gonna probably influence laws more than you should be able to. So that's why I agree with the laws. Hmm. Um. Anything else you want to say on this issue, or should we move on? No, that's pretty much it on that. All right. So uh, let's move on to uh, this was probably one of the headlining stories this week. This was involving the pipe bombs. So this week there were let me look up. There were bombs that were sent to a bunch of um, uh, to a bunch of different Democrats Um uh, and they were sent by a guy named Caesar Sayoc. And let me, uh, let me pull up. Let me see if I can pull up a list of Democrats that they were sent to. All the, I know a couple of them included uh, um, George Soros, the uh, the Democratic billionaire, who is all uh, who is many times at the pinnacle of um, uh, of scrutiny from the right um and then there was also um uh deputy washerman schultz it was sent to her she was a congressman she was the former dnc chair although it looked like it was actually the bomb that was sent to her was actually supposed to be sent to former u.s attorney general eric holder uh there were also uh pipe bombs sent to uh the obamas um, in Illinois and Chicago in their home. 
there were pipe bombs uh, sent to Joe Biden. Um, there were pipe bombs sent to uh, CNN, although it looked like that was specifically sent to it was addressed to John Brennan, who is often a guest on CNN. Robert De Niro, who is known uh, who is known to be a staunch critic of Donald Trump. Trump, he also had an explosive device sent to his home. Um, uh, Joe Biden, he had it sent to his home. Um, and then Maxine Waters had it sent to both of her homes in Washington, D.C. and Los Angeles, California. So what were your thoughts on uh, all these uh, people? What were your thoughts on all the bombs being uh, they eventually caught the guy who did it, uh, Caesar Sayok, who apparently has a he's had a criminal record since the 90s. They caught uh, some images of his van and it was, they, they showed some vulgar things. Many of his coworkers said that he was uh, a very staunchly bigoted racist man. He would often say racial slurs, often bringing the, uh, his coworkers that were racial minorities to tears. Um, what were your thoughts on uh, the, the the pipe bomb incident? Yeah, initially when I didn't know who it was, I was the first thing that came to mind was the Democrats probably doing something to try to to uh, help them in their favor, you know, to be in their favor for the midterms. That's the initially, but then when I when it came out who this guy was, I don't know much about him except for what you just said there. And yeah. You know, well, yeah, so, yeah. Um, but what are your thoughts on the incident in general? I, I think it's 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 uh, really it's not a good thing for society. It's really bad. Uh, it's really bad for um, for the democratic uh, the, for democracy because if people start trying to threaten uh, anyone from either party, whether you like them or not, that's just destructive. It shouldn't happen at all. Mm. Um, is there anything else you want to say about the issue or should we, uh, move on? Yeah. I just, hopefully this guy serves, what is it? 50, I think I saw 58 years or something like that. I'm not sure. Probably. Cause this was, this was an assassination attempt. Right. Yeah. You know, do you know who George Wallace was? George, the, that rings up George Wallace. Uh, he, he was the racist governor from Alabama. Yes. He, like he was pro segregate. He was against segregating. He was he was for segregating schools. Uh, he um, I think at one point he there's a famous picture of him going to a school, stopping in Alabama and stopping uh, an African American student from going in. Um, there was a guy who tried to assassinate him, and he failed. Um, but he did end up successfully crippling George Wallace and George Wallace spent the rest of his life in a wheelchair handicapped. Um, he went to jail, um, but he ended, he's still alive and he got let out because for good behavior. Yeah. Um, I I don't, I don't like that. If you, if you attempt to kill someone or if you, or if you really, if you cripple them, doesn't matter if you're a racist or who you are. You shouldn't be able to, to get out of jail. I don't care how good your behavior was. Anything short of murder, you should stay in jail. Mm. Uh, anyways, is there anything else you want to add or should we move on? No, that's it. All right. So um, uh, 
some other sad news this week. Uh, former Supreme Court Justice uh, Sandra Day O'Connor has announced that she has been diagnosed with dementia. Um, dementia is an illness, for those who don't know, where uh, often, like, one of the symptoms of it is you will, you, you'll, you might remember something from a, a long time ago, and, and it'll almost be like, you'll think, like, like, that's the day, like, you'll think, uh, you'll remember something from a long time ago and think it's happening now, um, uh, like, for example, if you were, let's say you, like, and it happens when you get really old, like, for example, let's say you were, you were a really old person, like, let's say you're in your 70s or 80s, and you used to be a doctor when you're young, you were younger, but now you're retired, well, you might one day wake up you know, thinking, oh, I got to get to work. I'm a doctor, even though you haven't been a doctor in 10 to 20 years um, because um, you have dementia. So unfortunately, she's been uh, diagnosed with dementia. What are your uh, thoughts on this? Yeah, that's it's always sad when someone has dementia. So I don't I don't think there's any cure for that, is there? I don't think so. Yeah, so it's a very sad thing to hear. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say, or should we continue? Let's continue. All right. So um, uh, let's talk about uh, Chuck Grassley. So Chuck Grassley, Senator Chuck Grassley, Republican from Iowa, is threatening legal action against Christine Blasey Ford. What are your thoughts? Um, now, this was a very divisive issue, but what are your thoughts on uh, on on this? What do you think of the idea of him taking action against Christine Blasey Ford? This action should be taken against her. I, I there was just too many holes in her story, and she couldn't remember anything. I mean, typically, if someone was was raped or put into that position, they would remember. It every detail a lot more than she did and she didn't remember anything i just think that it was a waste of time and i'm it's good that he's going after her to to you know to deter someone from doing that if she was you know fraudulent Mm. is there anything else you want to add or should we move on no we can move on all right um so uh Let's talk about John Bolton. So national security, there's been a lot of news about national security advisor uh, John Bolton in Russia. Uh, apparently, he's, uh, he, apparently he went to Russia, uh, and right now he's come back with new news. For, for starters, he's apparently encouraging uh, Trump to uh, withdraw from the Russian arms uh, treaty. Um, that's the first bit of news. The other bit of news is he is saying, uh, that the, uh, that the, uh, 20, the 20, that Russians, although he did kind of acknowledge the Russians, uh, meddled in the 2016 election, he said that it had little impact overall. So what are your thoughts on these updates involving Russia, uh, from John Bolton? And do you think, Trump should uh, withdraw from the Russian nuclear arms treaty. Well, I, I'm not a, a John Bolton fan, but I think before Trump does anything, he should 
you know, verify whatever John Bolton says, verify it. Because he's mm. like, to me, he's like a, a, a one of these guys, like a chicken hawk. He wants war. And so I don't like him. And so I think that Trump, before he does anything, he should investigate and, and have someone else verify what Bolton is telling him. Mm. Um, so is there anything else you want to say on that? No, it's just that I'm not a Bolton fan and, and he's a, he's a warmonger. He's like the Mc, a McCain and a Lindsey Graham type who they're, they're yeah. pro-war. I, I don't disagree with that. Um, any, anyways, anything else you want to say or should we move on? No, I'm, uh, we should move on. All right. So, uh, we reported earlier in this episode that, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Donald Trump, uh, or not, sorry, uh, uh, Kevin Kramer, the Republican in North Dakota, was leading incumbent Heidi Heitkamp by 16 points. Well, on the flip side, Democrats are holding on pretty well in uh, West Virginia. You'd think the Republican uh, State Attorney General Patrick Morrissey would have a better time here, considering Trump won the state by 16 points, or by 42 points, not 10 points, not uh, not 20 points, not even 37 points, but 42 points. 42 points. That's how big Trump won the state by. Um, and uh, But right now, Joe Manchin, the incumbent, is holding on. The, uh, the, a new poll shows Manchin leading Morrissey by 16 points. 16 points. Now, that's pretty much the opposite of what we saw in the North Dakota Senate race poll where it showed the Republican up over the incumbent 16 points. So what are your thoughts on uh, on Joe Manchin as a senator in general? And what are your thoughts on the big lead he has in the polls? Yeah, that's uh, I'm, that's I'm not sure why that's happening in uh, in West Virginia. That's like really surprising. I don't understand what's going on. I have to look more into it to see why that is. Whether, I don't know if he was a pro-Trumper or. Or, well, Joe Manchin is considered one of the most conservative members of the United States Senate. Keep in mind, Joe Manchin was the only Democrat that voted to confirm Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. So, um, so that might be part of it. Um, he didn't. I don't think he supported Trump, but he votes more with Trump than any other Democratic senator. Um. So that's part of the reason. Um, he's also very pro-gun, um, and he's moderate on abortion, which most Democrats aren't. So he tends to have more conservative views uh, compared to other Democrats in the U.S. Senate. Well, yeah, that that explains it then. And he was also a former. He was also a popular governor before he became a U.S. senator in West Virginia. Oh yeah, that always it, I. I've always I've noticed that trend. If you've been a popular governor and you go you go into to being a senator or a congressman, you tend to do well. Yeah. But anyways, uh, anything else you want to say on this, or should we move on? No, and we should move on. All right. So let's talk about 
Hamilton, the musical. Why are we talking about this? Well, Andrew Gillum, uh, the uh, the Democrat who is he's the mayor of Tallahassee. He is running for governor of uh, Florida. He's running against Ron DeSantis. So there was a really heated debate between them recently. Um, and uh, now Ron DeSantis is a Republican congressman. He's hoping to hold the governorship red Republican in Florida. Uh, Andrew Gillum's hoping to flip the seat blue. He's hoping to be the first Democratic governor since the 1990s uh, uh, in Florida. Um, since Jeb Bush became governor, no, when, when Jeb Bush became governor, or ever since then, there's been no Democratic governors of Florida. So uh, Andrew Gillum's hoping to change that. He's the mayor of Tallahassee. If he's elected, he'll be the most, um, he'll also be the first uh, African-American governor from Florida. So what are your thoughts on uh, him doing, or, or, but I guess what happened was um, right now there's a scandal going on as to how he obtained tickets to the Broadway musical Hamilton. So um, for starters, uh, so apparently there were text messages and email records that suggested that an FBI agent uh, provided Andrew Gillum with tickets to the popular Broadway show Hamilton. Now, the uh, FBI agent was named Mike Miller, uh, or that was the name he went by. Uh, posts and he, uh, there's a message where uh, uh, Gillum thanked him uh, in, from 2016 for the tickets. Um, but now Andrew Gillum is uh, he, he's trying to say that that's not true. That's not how he obtained it. Now there were some. He's been saying that he he swapped tickets with somebody else. Um, he's been saying all these different things. He's been saying, uh, you know, all these different stories. But right now he's been in, in he's kind of gotten himself into hot water for how he got the Hamilton tickets. What are your thoughts on on this? And do you think this affects this negatively affects uh, Gillum's chances of being elected the next governor of the state of Florida. Yeah, I think it definitely affects his chance. I think I spoke about that before myself, but it does because it shows that he's not, you know, he's lying and he's, he's trying, he's twisting himself into a pretzel by, by denying it and trying to say that from someone else and just, just admit it and, and, and try to beg forgiveness or ask for forgiveness. Don't lie about it. So I think it's going to affect his chances, yeah. All right. Anything else you want to add, or should we move on? No, that's pretty much it. All right. So let's move on to uh, Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner uh, uh, shocked the world when she announced in 2016 that she was supporting Donald Trump for president of the United States. She ended up voting for Donald Trump. But ever since then, she's become a staunch critic of Donald Trump. Um, and recently, uh, Caitlyn Jenner has said that she has withdrawn her support of Trump. She said she would not do it again. She, uh, she says that she was wrong to think he would, quote, help LGBTQ people. Um, 
uh, and whatnot. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, what Caitlyn Jenner said? Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I think that her withdrawal isn't going to matter a hail of beans. I, I don't think anyone, I don't think that he's going to lose many votes because she withdraw her, um, her um, support of him. I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, what has he done besides um, that law that he wants to, to, uh, uh, what's that, uh, with transgenders as far as biological? I don't think he's done anything else besides that. So, I well, I think the arguments she's making are the transgender military ban, which was enacted, or they tried to enact that last year. That ended up not happening, but um, Trump tried to do that. And then there was also uh, the, uh, the transgender bathroom issue at public schools, which Trump tried to say that that should correspond with your biological sex if you go to a public school. Um, so she, that, 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 those are her reasons for citing her withdrawal of support, supporting Donald Trump. Right. I, I, as far as the bathroom goes, I've, ne- I've never liked that because you're going to have this bad, there's got, always going to be good and bad people. You'll have, you, you might have someone go into the girl's bathroom with bad intentions. So I don't like, I, I prefer just have a neutral bathroom with a lock on there. So there's only one person at a time, and that will prevent a lot of problems. Mm. So, yeah, I don't think, you know, I don't think that her withdrawal is going to do anything. Interesting. Anything else you want to say, or should we move on? No, that's it for that. All right, so the let's talk now about the caravan crisis. So there's been a, uh, a big... Uh, issue with uh, undocumented slash illegal immigrants trying to come across the border uh, in a caravan. It's gotten a decent number of coverage. Donald Trump opposes it. And uh, what are your thoughts on it? Do you think it's going to become an election issue? Uh, What what do you think? I think it has. I mean, many people will, you know, see that all the violence that's going on with these caravans. And then I think you had a leftist uh, leaning organization don't, you know, sponsoring or some such thing like that. So I think that it should be stopped. I'm glad that he's putting his foot down and there's troops going to the border to stop them from coming over. I don't, I think it's all orchestrated by, uh, you know, some type of a left wing organization. Do you think that, um, do you think that uh, it's going to help Republicans during the midterms or do you think, it's not as effective of an issue as, say, the economy or the tax cuts. I think it's it will help Republicans somewhat. I don't think it's it's huge, but I think it it is actually it's it's having to do with immigration. So it probably I, I think it will affect Republicans actually because it's dealing with immigra- illegal immigration, which is a big reason why Trump got elected. So I think it will have some uh, you know moderate impact. Mm. All right. Anything else you want to say or should we move on? No, that's it for that. All right. So why don't we move on to the next story, uh, which is involving Megan Kelly's morning show. So Megan Kelly, she uh, had a morning show. Obviously, she got in. There's some controversy between her and Donald Trump. 
during the 2016 election, but she rose to prominence. She ended up getting a morning show uh, on NBC. Uh, well, that morning show has ended. Uh, Kelly came under controversy when she said there was nothing wrong with uh, the use of blackface. Uh, she eventually apologized uh, for that, but apparently many uh, co-anchors at NBC were disturbed, and that led to Megyn Kelly losing her job. What are your thoughts on what Megyn Kelly said about blackface, and do you think it was right to fire her? No, I don't think it was right to fire her. I don't, I don't think she meant it in a racial slur. I don't even see what the big deal was, but I don't think I don't feel bad for her, but I don't feel I don't think she should have been fired. I mean, it's just is we're just too PC. You can't say anything without someone crying racism, bigoted or, or, or homophobic or whatever. You you can't say anything. So I don't think that she should have been fired for it. And I think they're just making a big deal. And I, I read reports she wants to go back to Fox and Fox don't want her. And I don't blame them for not wanting her either. She got good uh, ratings on Fox. Yeah, she did. But I mean, a lot of her co-anchors don't don't like her because of the things that she did. Yeah. But yeah, I don't feel I don't feel bad for her. But I don't think she should have been fired. She should. I think I think she definitely have a lawsuit. Like they don't want to pay her her full forty nine million. I think it was it's a million. Yeah, forty nine million. I think they don't want to pay her out. But I think she hired an attorney. I think she has a good case of winning it because. I, honestly, I don't think it was racist. I don't think she meant it in a racial way. Mm. Uh, so anything else you want to say on this, or should we move on? No, we should move on. So, uh, as you've probably heard, sadly, there was the uh, the Jewish synagogue shooting with 11 people killed. Uh, very, very sad, very tragic. Um... Right now, um, Donald Trump is proposing the death penalty for the suspect in the Jewish synagogue shooting. Uh, do you agree with him? Uh, do you do you agree with the idea of the death penalty, first of all? And do you agree with the idea of giving this individual the death penalty? I, I definitely agree with the death penalty. In, in, in certain cases, especially when, when it's a a hate crime where you kill people because of their religious, you know, religious belief or, or their ethnicity, absolutely, you should be given the death penalty without any question. So yes, this guy should get the death penalty, and it should it should be a slow death. Yeah. Well, now some now here's the argument some people will make. Some people argue the Eighth Amendment uh, to the Constitution does say. Um, you know, it does prohibit cruel and unusual punishments. What do you what, what do you think about that? What are your thoughts on that? My thought would be, didn't what this guy did wasn't it cruel and unpo- cruel punishment? What he did to to you know these people who didn't deserve to die that's cruel, and so I don't I don't I think he should definitely be given the death penalty. What are you you're gonna put him in jail for life and then we have to pay and support him until he dies? I think. He deserves to die, but 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 you think it should you you do think it should be slow? Yeah, I think it should be a slow death though. Because people will argue the Eighth Amendment will say it goes against cruel and unusual punishments if it's a slow death. If it's a slow death, that doesn't 
But what 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 are your what are your thoughts on it? Do you agree with that or? Well, I mean, it's just certain cases like this. It just gets me so angry. I mean, hate crime. It just makes me want to just react and just you know, in a really angry way because this guy, for no other reason than pure hate, he gunned down eleven people. So what mm. about their pain and suffering? The families pain and suffering what about them yeah anything else you want to say on this issue or should we move on yeah we should move on all right so angela merkel is the german chancellor but it was announced this morning that she will step down as the german as german chancellor in 2021 good so what are your thoughts on uh angela merkel stepping down Good. I don't like her at all. She, she's basically, she invaded her own country with 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 um a lot of illegals. She that she self invaded her own country. I don't like her at all. I mean, there's like I have no love for her at all. She's she invaded her own country, and I wonder what the population of Germans versus versus immigrants there. I wonder what the population is now. Mm-hmm. Who is the ideal person? Like, I, like obviously, I you, you probably, I'm not gonna ask you to name names because I'm you know it's probably hard to do that. But like, what would you say? Who do you think is uh, would be the ideal, or what type of person? Not like a person specifically, but what type of person do you think would be uh, good uh, to replace her in 2021? Well, I think someone. Who uh, who wants to um, basically German um, identity bring bring back Germans identity almost like a populist for lack of better word someone who's a nationalist for that country the better of their people someone who will bring back law and order and not allow all the things that's going on now with the country so a nationalist for Germany ah. Uh. When I guess in uh, Germany, uh, they actually have a different type of system where whoever, um, essentially whoever, um, it's like whoever gets the most seats in parliament, the leader in that parliament becomes uh, chancellor. So um, apparently her party is uh, the union party, the CDU, which is the union party of Germany, and they have the most seats in uh, in Germany in the parliament. So she is the chancellor. But if um, uh, right now, I think the person with the second most seats uh, is uh, Olaf Skolos, and he is um, I don't know where his political leanings, you know, lie. But apparently he's a part of the Social Democratic Party. So if his uh, if he gets the most or if his party gets the most seats in 2021, assuming he's still in, he'll become the German chancellor. Now, the Democratic Socialist Party over there means pretty much. No, it's not the Democratic Socialist Party. It's the Social Democratic Party. The Social Democratic Party, does that have? means anything like a like a socialist or anything like that or i i doubt it but let me see because i know they they have some or let's see so 
it is a left wing party though. It is a, a, a left wing party. And they are they do have progressive views and they do have uh, views about economic equality. So they're they're mainly the the other ones. And I guess uh, the third party is the Brandenburg party. Um or no, the, sorry, the uh, the alternative for Germany. And then I guess um, they, they're the most, far, I, I guess right now the, let's see, right now there are two different uh, leaders there. There's uh, the Alexander Goy, Goyland and Alex Weidel. So I guess, I think they'd become coach uh, chancellors, but I'm not sure. Um but uh, based on how they work, but they have zero seats right now, or no, actually they don't. They have 94 seats right now uh, in the legislature or in the parliament, um, but they're the most far right. They, I think they're the, the, or they have the most, the biggest chance of all these people of actually getting what, what you suggested, like a populist nationalist type of person. And because I guess they do have a very populist nationalist um, uh identity uh and some people have accused them of being racist and uh and xenophobic and anti-immigrant and some people have accused them of being neo-nazis right so so yeah so that's what we get accused of too being conservative yeah um but what are your um but yeah, so is there anything else you want to say about this issue or No, I'm just glad she's stepping down. Goodbye. Yeah. But anyways, speaking of nationalism, Trump this week uh said in a speech that he was a nationalist and that uh that stirred up a lot of people. Um many people have argued that Trump should not have said that. Um that it was wrong for Trump to say um, uh, what are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts on Trump saying that he was a nationalist? Do you think, do you think he was right to say, or do you think that it was, he had a, a it was, it, maybe he shouldn't have said it. What are your thoughts? He is a nationalist. So he just told the truth. I don't see anything wrong with it. He's, he's a national nationalist and, and rightfully so. And I'm happy that he's a nationalist and I don't see the big controversy about him just saying it. Do you have any problem with nationalism as an ideology? I don't, I don't, I don't know if he meant it as an ideology or anything, but I, I like the fact that America first and he puts our interests first. So I don't really see anything. I don't even, I, Trump is not an idea, idea, ideological person. So I don't think he meant it like that. So you were, you were happy about what he said. Yes. All right. Anything else you want to add, or should we move on? No. All right, so let's uh, move on to some other news outside America. So, uh, there was an election in Brazil, and um, and Jair Bolsonaro defeated Fernando uh Hayad or Haidad overwhelmingly uh by 10 po- by uh, 11 points now why is this a big deal uh well because he 
is a far-right populist uh, nationalist candidate like we've been talking about. Um, this is uh, this election has led to shockwaves <coughs> around the country. Um, but what are, what are your thoughts on this happening? Um, well, well I just I just think it, it's it's uh, the trend. I mean, Trump started it, and then you had the Brexit thing going on. So I I think it's a trend that the the world is is leaning more to the right. What about in France, though, where there was the one guy who got elected? That's true. Uh, what was his name? I forget his name. Uh, I can't remember his name either. Well, then there was also um, Trudeau in Canada. Let's not forget Trudeau in Canada. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I get, you know, I guess you know there there's some some countries been leaning more to the right, stepping in line with us Americans and. Like Italy, didn't they? Italy, I believe Italy was one as country as well. Yeah. So I mean, some countries are going right. So it wasn't too much of a shock to me. Yeah. Anything else you want to say on this, or no? All right. Um, well then, let's uh, let's move on. Uh, we have one more story, but then I want to talk some more about the midterms. So this next story was about the Cuomo-Molinero debate. So um, here in New York, there was a lot of uh, interesting news about the debate that was going on between the Republican candidate Mark Molinero uh, and uh, Democrat Andrew Cuomo. Originally, Andrew Cuomo did not want to participate. He's the incumbent. He didn't want to participate in any sort of debates. But eventually, uh, Molinero, the Republican, did pressure him, and he, uh, and he did, and Cuomo did attend a debate. The overall consensus is that Cuomo that is that Cuomo did not get affected by the debate because there were no major gaps. Uh, most people criticized Molinero for not being able to give a clear answer as to whether he supported Donald Trump or not often dodging the question as Donald Trump is very unpopular in the state of New York. Um, most people believe, uh, right now, most pundits have said that this race is uh, safe Democratic. It's probably going to stay in Democratic hands overwhelmingly. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I agree. I don't think that a Republican is, is going to win there in uh, New York. I don't think it's going to happen. So well, I... What were your thoughts on the on the debate and Molinero not being able to answer the question as to whether he supported Trump or not? Well, I think is he's he is just the, for the reason you said he's in New York and Trump isn't popular there, so he don't he it's a losing situation for him if he comes out and say I overwhelmingly supported him. So I think yeah. that's the reason why he did it. Um, do you think he should have hurt him not to give a clear answer though? That did hurt him, yeah, it did. So, yeah. I mean, it did hurt him. Either way, it hurt him, so he might as well just came out and said that he supported him. Yeah. Now, I think he has said, he has admitted that he didn't vote for Donald Trump in 2016. Right, yeah. I, I, I think that he's that it did hurt him, and uh, the, makes, the Democrats will come out on top because of that. But they were going to yeah. come out on top anyway, so. But this, yeah. this this 
for you know makes it even stronger. Yeah. So this week there's going to be another debate with all the three because this was a one-on-one. They didn't have any of the third-party candidates. This week at St. Rose College in upstate New York, there will be an another debate with all the third-party candidates. That includes uh, Larry Sharp, the Libertarian, who we talked a lot about on the show, Howie Hawkins, the Green Party candidate, Stephanie Miner, the in, uh, an independent. And uh, and Molinero, the Republican again. Uh, Cuomo has abstained from participating in this debate. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I don't think, again, I don't think it's going to hurt him if he don't participate. It, it may have even hurt him more if he participated and then they got him in a gotcha or he, or he did some gaffes. So maybe it's to his advantage. Yeah. Now I'm hoping yeah, to go to that debate. Him. I'm hoping to actually go to that debate because it's right near where I live. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to, but I'm hoping to attend it in person. But anyways, yeah. anything else you want to? No, say? I don't. I don't. I don't think it's going to hurt him because I mean, when Trump was running, he didn't go to one of the debates, and yeah, it didn't hurt his chances. Yeah. Anything? Anyways, anything else you want to say, or should we move on? No, that's it for that. So let's talk about, uh, I want to give the exact margin uh, of some of the competitive, and and you can if you want to, um, I'm going to give my predictions for some of the margins uh, of wins uh, in some of the competitive Senate and gubernatorial races. So first of all, let's talk about uh, the Senate election in West Virginia, where Joe Manchin is running against Patrick Morrissey. Uh, my prediction is Joe Manchin wins by eight percentage points, uh, fifty-two to forty-four. What are your thoughts on that? It, in West Virginia, right now, I think he's at what ten percent or something. Uh, yeah, Joe Manchin. Right. So, may, yeah, I, I would say he probably that sounds about right, seven to eight points. Yeah. Um. Now let's talk about uh, Florida. Florida, that's going to be a close Senate race. I'm going to say Rick Scott wins by a point, 47 to 46. What yeah, that think? is that's definitely a tough one there, but I think he will hold on, and probably up two about two points, I would say. Yeah. Um. Now let's talk about uh, Texas. This one's going to be closer than most elections. I think Ted Cruz is going to come out on top. I predict a 49 to 46 margin for him over Beto O'Rourke. The Democrat. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that yeah, Cruz will come out on top. Maybe probably about five points. I'm thinking. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Even either way, it's gonna be one of the closest statewide races for Republicans to win in a while. Yeah, I agree. Um, but anyways, so uh, what are your thoughts on um? Let's talk about uh, Arizona. I'm predicting uh, Kristen Sinema, the Democrat, uh, beats uh, Martha McSally, the Republican, in a close race. I'm going to say she wins 40, I mean, 40, 48 to 46. What are your thoughts? Yeah, that one is very uh, – that's tough. I, I, I think that – I don't think it's going to be a clear winner uh, on election like it. It's gonna probably go longer, mm. but probably a yeah, Democrat will probably come out on top about yeah. a couple points. 
So let's go over to Nevada. Uh, Dean Heller has been doing a pretty a better job recently. Again, Democrats thought after he voted yes on the Trump health care bill, which was a really controversial bill in the state of Nevada, he was done, especially since Donald Trump didn't carry the state of Nevada. But he's he's run a really close race um, and he's leading or tied in some polls. But ultimately, I do think uh, Dean Heller is going to lose. I think Jackie Rosen has more momentum on her side. And then also, polling has underestimated Democrats for years in the state of Nevada. So I'm going to say Jackie Rosen wins next week by a point. I'm going to say it's going to be a 49 to 46, or no, 49 to 48 margin. What are your thoughts over Dean Howard, the incumbent? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that sounds about right, about a point or two. Yeah. Um, so then... Um, in, uh, Missouri, that one's going to be a close one. I'm going to say Claire McCaskill wins 40 or 55 to 48 over her Republican challenger, Josh Hawley. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with that. She, about four or five points. Yeah. Um, moving over to Indiana, that's another really tough down to the wire race. There's no doubt that Joe Donnelly, the Democrat, is really worried about that. I mean, he put out ads recently where he's chopping wood and saying, my party is wrong about the wall. My party is wrong against the bu- about the Bush tax cuts. My party is wrong about this and that and yada, yada, yada. When you have to go out and say and pretty much disown your party to win an election, that pretty much shows you're really desperate. But I still predict he wins, even though this is Mike Pence country, because right now Democrats are expected to do really well during the um, during the uh, what you call it, the midterm or during in the Rust Belt. They're expected to do really well in the Rust Belt this year. So I'm going to say that um, he wins. I'm going to say that he wins 50. I'm going to say that he wins 49 to 47. So close. But I think overall, because right now Democrats are leading in Ohio, which was surprising because Trump won that state by eight points. But right now, Democrats are leading by big margins there. Same thing with Wisconsin and Michigan. Uh, They're winning by big margins there. And Pennsylvania is safe for the Democrats, in my opinion. So I'm going to say that the uh, in that state in Ohio, the Democrat is going to win. Or sorry, in uh, Indiana, the Democrat Joe Donnelly will win by two points. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think he's going to win. I think it's sad that he has to go out there and disown his party. But after he wins, we'll see see if he'll stick to his guns. Yeah. So, yeah, probably about a, a two-point win. Yeah. Um, Going down to Tennessee, Democrats are really hoping they have a chance of picking this one up. For a while, this was in their hands, but this one's looking a little less likely for Democrats right now. I'm going to say that uh, I I think it'll be definitely closer than most statewide races in Tennessee, but I think ultimately it's not going to be that difficult for uh, the Republican uh, uh, Marsha Blackburn to win. I'm going to say she wins by about seven points, and I think it's going to be a 52 to 45 win. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I was going to say it's probably going to be about an eight-point win. Yeah, seven, eight points maybe. I think it's definitely I, – I think 
for a while he was doing really well in the polls, the Democrat, and he was a former, he was a popular former governor, so that helped him. But I think political gravity is kicking in, and a lot of his voter base is shifting, especially after, like you've said on multiple occasions, the Kavanaugh hearings, because um, Trump is really popular there. Although Phil Bredesen, the Democrat, has said that if he was in the Senate, he would have been just the second Democrat after Joe Manchin to vote yes on Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah, it's just it's just horrible how they handle the whole situation. The Democrats they don't think about about how things are gonna look to to uh to us Americans out there looking in. They just don't understand that, and which is good because people are waking up to see you know waking up to the fact that the Democrats are not um, are not being reasonable. They're way too far in, out out on the left field now. Yeah. But anyways, moving on, let's talk about Montana a little bit. So I think Montana is actually going to be, um, I do think Montana is actually going to be, it's going to be close, but I think it's not going to be as close as it was the, last, the past two times because in 2006, uh, John Tester won by a mere point um, because the Republican, the incumbent Republican was uh, marred by scandals. Um, the, uh, the next time in 2012, he won by just a couple points and didn't get to 50%. I think this is going to be the first time John Tester, because his approval ratings have sharply gone up. I think his, this is going to be the first time. And also he has a weak Republican running against him. Uh, Matt Rosendale. I think John Tester is going to win. This is going to be the first time he gets over 50% of the vote. This is going to be the first time he gets a majority of the vote. I think he's going to get 53% of the vote. And his opponent is going to get fifty six percent of the vote or forty six percent of the vote. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, th- I think you're right on this one. He did. He's got. He's going to probably do uh, do pretty well because his approval ratings are going up. And yeah, I think he'll he'll get over fifty percent. Yeah. Um. Anyways, let's move over to um, North Dakota. I think this is looking better and better every day for Republicans. And I think Republicans win here by a solid nine points. I think um, um, Kevin Kramer, the Republican, will get 54% of the vote. Heidi Heitkamp, the incumbent Democrat, will get 45% of the vote. I think it'll, I don't think it'll be a 16-point win like it is in the polls just because she is the incumbent and it is expected to be at least somewhat good of a year for Democrats. But I do think that it will be a 50 i do think it will be a solid 9 point win yeah i i think so too i, I don't think heidi's going to come out on top on this one so it'll, yeah it'll, it'll be a 8 to 9 point and then some of the wish list ones um right now i think um uh, new mexico that's on that's a republican wish list one um republicans would really 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 like to hold on to that one or pick up that one. Well, I think actually Republicans know they're not going to get it, but they're hoping that maybe if Gary Johnson were to win, Gary Johnson, the libertarian candidate from 2016, if he were to win that seat, maybe that could help them because nobody believes the Republican Mick Rich is going to win that race. But some believe that maybe if, if Gary Johnson wins there, he could caucus with them, but I, I doubt it. 
Um, right now, my prediction is um, the incumbent Democrat Martin Heinrich gets 50% of the vote. I think Gary Johnson gets 29% of the vote. And I think uh, McRich, the Republican, gets 17% of the vote. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't think the Republicans are going to fare well there. The, the, the Democrats will, will win. I, I don't think Gary Johnson will win either. I just, it's, yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. Which is honestly a little, that's kind of sad in my opinion, because Gary Johnson, uh, I was watching some of the debate, and I thought he did really, really well during the debate. Um, but, hey, what are you going to do? Um but, uh, yeah, so let's, um, let's talk about, um, what, what other races, um, right now, I think Wisconsin, um, this is probably not going to flip for the Republicans. The Democrat has a big lead in the polls. Um, I predict she wins. Tammy Baldwin wins over. I can't remember what the Republican's name. Let me look up the Republican's name. Um, I think. Tammy Baldwin wins about 55 to 42% on election day. Race. Hold on, let me look up. Oh, um, Leah Vukmer. Leah Vukmer is the Republican. I think Tammy Baldwin beats her 55 to 42%. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm not even, I don't even recognize her, her name. Yeah, sure. there's no name recognition there, so I agree. Well, she's she's not like a congresswoman or anything. She's just a she's just a member of the state legislature. So right, she's already not really a member of Congress. She's just a member of the Wisconsin State Senate. Now I think she's like the number two in the Wisconsin State Senate, but still, she doesn't have. I mean, some people know her there, but she doesn't have um, enough name recognition to really. Help her get over the top. Right. Um, so um, let's talk next about, um, let me see. Yeah, some people have said it's already safe Democratic, but I think it's probably likely Democratic. Um, and then I let's, let's take a look at Ohio. Um, I'm predicting um, this time, again, Sherrod Brown, he... This should be competitive for Sherrod Brown, but um, but right now I think Sherrod Brown is going to win by a huge margin because six years ago he only won by six points, and Ohio is a swing state, and it went to Donald Trump by eight points. But right now Jim Renassi, the Republican, has just run such a terrible campaign that it's, it's looking like Sherrod Brown could win re-election by a blowout. Right now I'm predicting... Sherrod Brown wins by 15 points. I predict he wins uh, 54% to 39%. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I mean, the campaign that he's been running, camp, you know, running a, a good campaign, it counts for something. I mean, just ask Hillary Clinton. Yeah. So I, I agree. It's going to be a, it's going to be a large lead. It's going to be a large, large, I, uh, he's going to lose large, like, 15 points, like you said. Yeah, I think it could be, because keep in mind, Ohio is one of the first states called on election night. In fact, why don't I pull up real quick, I'll pull up the election times, election closing times, um, election closing, um, but it's one of the first states called on election night. Um, 
Okay, so this is the election closings based on Eastern times. So Indiana, the polls in Indiana and Kentucky close at 6 p.m. Eastern. The, the, uh, the polls close at, uh, uh, in uh, Florida, Georgia, South, or South Carolina, Virginia, New Hampshire, uh, and uh, Vermont at, uh, uh, at about uh, 7 p.m. At 7.30 p.m. is when uh, Ohio, with uh, West Virginia, and North Carolina close. Uh, 8 p.m., Texas, uh, Oklahoma, Kansas, uh, um, Missouri, uh, Illinois, South Dakota, North Dakota, uh, Tennessee, uh, Mississippi, Alabama, uh, Maryland, Delaware, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, uh, and uh, Maine all closed. Uh, 8.30 p.m., uh, there's only one state that closes. That's Arkansas. 9 p.m., Alaska, or sorry, no, um, Arizona, New, New Mexico, Colorado, Wyoming, um, uh, Nebraska, um, Minnesota, Wisconsin, uh, uh, Louisiana, and New York close. And then 10 p.m., Nevada, Utah, Idaho, uh, Montana, and Idaho close. And then 11 p.m., California, uh, Oregon, Washington, and uh, uh, Hawaii close. And then all the way at 12 a.m. at um, – or no, not even 12 a.m. 1 a.m. is when uh, the polls in uh, Alaska close. So – if you want to get the results out of Alaska, see who wins the governor's race in two weeks, you're going to have to stay up past your bedtime. But yeah, that could, I think, I think it could be closed when there's, I, I think we could know that Sherrod Brown is the winner right when the precincts come in. He could be projected as the winner in that state right when the, the precincts come in. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, I think Tim Kaine is going to win by a sizable margin. I predict Tim Kaine wins by 56 to 38%. I think that's pretty safe for the Democrats at this point. Yeah. Especially since Corey Stort has just run a really, really piss-poor campaign. And again, Republicans have not had a lot of luck in Virginia lately because they, they had Terry McAuliffe, and then they lost the governor's race this past in 2017 by the biggest margin in – 30 years and they almost lost the state legislature which they had controlled for like 30 years and now um so now there's really a republican fork they, they, they've kind of thrown a fork in the road in that state and again trump didn't win that state um so that state is moving more and more safely democratic so that's when you look at all the, those odds Corey Stewart barely has any chance of winning in virginia um, but then, uh, let's see what else. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. And then I think, um, I think, uh, in the, the Minnesota special election, what's her name? Uh, Tina Smith will win 56 to 41%. And then in the New Jersey election, I believe, uh, Bob Menendez will win by a bigger than expected margin. I think he'll win 55 to 41%. And then I think in um, what was the election uh, in the Mississippi special election, I believe on election day, Mike Espy will come in first. I think he'll get 38 percent to 
Cindy Hyde-Smith, 36%. I think maybe uh, the third-place person, uh, Chris McDaniel, I think he might get um, 16%. But but because even though Mike Espy comes in first, you think, oh, that's a pickup for the Democrats, right? Well, no, because there has to be a runoff. I think in the runoff election, I think Cindy Hyde-Smith will win handily because – during runoff elections, there's a lower voter turnout than there would be in other elections, and that tends to favor the Republicans. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree. It definitely does favor the Republicans when, when it comes to runoffs. Yeah. Now, there's a, a Senate election. Now, do you plan to vote for Jeff Deal this year in your Senate race? Um, Probably. How, how, what do you think the margin of error is going to be? Like, who, what do you think the margin of error is going to be in Massachusetts? Well, it is Massachusetts, so uh, I'm probably five points, I'm thinking. You think it's going to be that close? I think so. Well, yeah, I think so. Really? That would be huge. That would really put a fork in uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren's 2020 plans. I hope so. I mean, I don't, she, she definitely, I, in my opinion, she's not electable as a as president. She won't win. Yeah. But anyways, why don't we move on to the governor's race? So how, how big do you think Charlie Baker is going to win? I know you're not a fan of Yeah, I'm not. In fact, I didn't vote for him. I, I wrote my own name in. <laughs> Rashawn, you, heard, you heard it here first, guys. Rashawn Blyden for governor of Massachusetts. <laughs> I would say it's going to be huge. I would say 15, 20 points. You think he could be bigger? I'm predicting he wins 60 to 38%. Yeah, I think I think it could be that big. I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I just don't like the guy. Yeah. Well, I talked to one person who lives in Massachusetts who said that he thinks Gonzalez is going to do better than most, better than everybody's predicting. I'm predicting right now, though, that the problem is Gonzalez is a very vanilla candidate. Like you said, he, he doesn't have a lot of name recognition as a Democrat. But, you know, and maybe that hurts him. But, like, Deval Patrick didn't have a lot of name recognition. But Deval Patrick, you know, he, the, his political prowess really made up for that. Whereas with uh, Jay Gonzalez, Jay Gonzalez just is very vanilla. Like, he doesn't excite a crowd. He doesn't. He doesn't, uh, you know, make you want to vote for him. Right. You know, Plus, if you vote for him, I mean, if if you do vote for him, you're probably voting for him to take one for the team and vote Democratic. Yeah, I agree. Plus, you did have a lot of Dem- Democrats who uh who endorse who endorse uh what's his name uh Troy Baker. Right. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some other races. I think in my state, it's going to be pretty easy for Cuomo. I think. Um, I think, uh, I think he's going to win 56 to 38% over Mark Molinaro, the Republican, who's just run a terrible campaign. You know, the problem with Mark Molinaro is he's not comfortable in his own skin. Like he doesn't know what type, like he kind of tries to do this. I'm a moderate sort of thing, but he doesn't want to do it too much because he knows if he essentially becomes a Charlie Baker, he'll alienate the upstate voters and he'll lose all of his ups because upstate there are a lot of Republicans and he doesn't want to lose those people. Um, but again, he's just kind of playing a balancing act 
which is really not great, you know, for his chances. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. I mean, you have to be who you're going to be for better or for worse. So if you're, if you, if you really are moderate, go for it. If you, whatever you are, you got to go for it because people are going to, because they're going to know, we're going to know that you're a phony. You can't, you're not going to get over on most people if you're pretending to be something that you're not. So it may, it may have, it may have worked in the past, but people are, are onto politicians who are pretending to be something that they're not. Yeah. Well, yeah, then, and then also nobody knows who Mark Molinaro is. That doesn't really help. And then it also doesn't help that he did, that the New York City areas are just going to kill him like they kill every other Republican who tries to run statewide New York. Um, but yeah, so I think that's what it's going to be in New York. Um, in Pennsylvania, I'm predicting, uh, I believe that's Tom Wolf versus, hold on, Pennsylvania gubernatorial uh, election. That's uh, Tom Wolf versus Scott Wagner. Uh, I'm predicting Tom Wolf wins uh, 57 to 37%, 20 points uh, over his Republican opponent, Scott Wagner. I think Scott Wagner has just run a very bland, very boring campaign, which it didn't seem like a bad campaign on paper. He, you know, he ran a very blue dog campaign. But then I think uh, it's just kind of, He's just not very good as a candidate. He's not quick on his feet, which, again, you need to be. Um, he doesn't excite a base. He's not interesting in any way. Um, whereas, like, Tom Wolf is at least interesting. Like, maybe you love the guy, maybe you hate the guy, but he's definitely an interesting – he's definitely an interesting case. Um, and that definitely – you know, he definitely excites people. But where, whereas with Scott Wagner, he's kind of a blue dog guy, but he's not sexy as a candidate. He's not interesting or surreal in any way as a candidate. So for that reason, I'm going to say uh, Tom Wolf wins 57 to 37. Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be like a 20 point, just like Connecticut. I feel Ned Lamont, he's going to win by 20 points there. Yeah. Well, my prediction right now is he wins by 10 points. Ned um, Lamont? Ned Lamont, yeah. I think it is going to be a little bit – I don't think – you could be very right. You, you could be completely right about that. I could be completely wrong. It could be a 20-point win because a lot of people know Ned Lamont. I just think that it, the only reason it's not going to be bigger than 10 points, personally, is because I do think he's going to get the, the, the Dan Malloy rub. He's still going to – I think wh- whoever is the Democrat is sort of going to get the Dan Malloy rub or sort of the Dan Malloy brush because everybody hates Dan Malloy, but I think overall he's going to overcome that and probably win over the the, Dem- the Republican. Um, what was the Republican's name? Let me look. I, I, is it Kevin something, I think? I can't. Uh, no, I thought it was... Uh, it was Stefan, Bob Stefanowski. Bob right, Stefanowski. right. Right, yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I forgot about the, Don, the, the Malloy uh, effect, yeah. It probably would be about ten points. I forgot to take that into to to, I yeah. to take right. And I think that um, in uh, uh, Colorado, I think uh, Jared Polis defeats Walker Stapleton by about eight points, um, maybe like fifty-one to forty-three. 
percent. And then I think in uh, Rhode Island, I think it's going to be a nine-point win for Gina. Right now, it's a it's a rematch of four years ago. Alan Fung, uh, the Republican, ran against Gina Raimondo four years ago. It was close. Uh, but now it's a rematch between the two. Gina Raimondo is hoping to be reelected, but Alan Fung is running against her again. My prediction is it's a, it's a nine-point win between the two of them. I think Gina Raimondo wins by nine points. I think she wins by a bigger margin this time just because she's the incumbent and her lead has expanded in the polls. And, yeah, I agree with that. And it's Rhode Island, too. Yep, exactly, yep. And I think the same thing about – I think it's going to be a nine-point win or maybe – yeah, I think it's going to be a nine-point win, maybe maybe a little – no, I think it'll be like maybe a ten-point win in Maine. Uh, I think um, Janet Mills is going to be – let me look up what the Republican's name is, is another main um, gubernatorial election. Hold on. I think Janet Mills is going to beat Scott Moody uh, 55 to 45, and that'll be a pickup for the Democrats. Do you agree? In, in, uh, in Maine, you were talking? No, we're talking about yeah, we're talking about yeah, Maine. Yeah, in, in Maine, right? Yeah, I agree, yeah. Yeah, that'll be a pickup for the Democrats. I think um what's his name? What's his face? Uh the mayor of Tallahassee. Uh hold on. Gubernatorial race. Hold on. Oh, Andrew Gillum. I think Andrew Gillum is going to beat Ron DeSantis in Florida by 51 to 47 percent. And I think it'll be a trade-off. I think the Republican will win the Senate race. And then as a trade-off, the Democrat will narrowly win the Democrat, the governor's race. Right. Yeah, I I think that that'll, that'll happen. I mean, overall, though, I think it's going to be very difficult for the um, Democrats to have more, to win more seats in the, because the governor's there's way more Republican governors than the Democrat governors. Yeah, but there are a lot of states right now that are really leaning in the Democrats' favor. So you think that it's going to even out? I think it's going to even out. I think at the end of the day, either the Democrats will have a majority 26 to 24, or Republicans will have a majority 26 to 24, but I think it's going to be a lot. You're going to see a lot more blue on the map come January 2019 than you you see right now. So you think they're going to close the gap, you're thinking? I do think they're going to close the gap. Because there are a lot of states that are either favored for the Democrats right now. Again, right now, Republicans don't really have much hope. Republicans have all but conceded in New Mexico. They've all but conceded in Illinois. Um, They've all but conceded in Michigan. These are all currently states with Republican governors. And right now, Republicans have all but conceded in all three of those states. So those states alone are expected to flip for the Democrats. But then also, um, Maine, a lot, right now, the Democrat is favored. Florida, right now, the Democrat is favored. Uh, right now, Georgia is a toss-up. Illinois is going – or sorry, uh, Iowa is going to be a toss-up. Wisconsin is a toss-up. Um, Ohio is a toss-up. Uh, Nevada is a toss-up. Uh, a lot of these – and then on top of that, guess what? Uh, oh, Kansas is a taught right, right now. Kansas is competitive. Kansas is an overwhelmingly Republican state, but yet that's competitive. 
that shouldn't be competitive, but somehow it is. Oklahoma, where Trump won every single county in 2016, is competitive. Shouldn't be competitive, but for some reason it is. Uh, and South Dakota, which hasn't had a, a Democratic governor since the 1990 or the 1970s, it's gone longer than any other state. Uh, it's gone longer without a Democratic governor than any other state in the country. Somehow, somehow that's competitive. So I think Democrats are definitely going to gain a lot of seats. Yeah, I can't disagree with your argument there. It's it's it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, but I think um, I think going over to South Dakota, I think that's going to be a close race. I think political gravity will set in, and that will help the Republican Christy Noem win. But I think she'll win by a very narrow margin. I think she'll win uh, 49 to 45 over Billy Sutton, the Democrat. Yeah, I, I agree. It's going to be close. But yeah. the Republicans will win. I do agree. Because right now the argument, Billy, Billy Sutton is trying to use the Trump argument, which is that she's a part of the swamp because she was she's she's been in Congress for a number of years. So he's trying to paint himself as a political outsider. And it's working. It's definitely effective. But I think ultimately South Dakota will they'll be, they'll be like, oh, wait, we're, we're a Republican state. We got to re- elect a Republican governor. But they'll realize that at the last minute. Yeah, I agree. Um. And then I think uh, Kansas, I think Kansas is another state we're going to see. Uh, I think that could flip for the Democrats. That could flip for the Democrats because uh, that does have a record of going for Democratic governors. And it was close for the Republican four years ago, which it shouldn't have been since it was like a wave. It was a red wave four years ago during the midterms. Um, but I, I predict that um, uh, I think uh, – She'll win. I think the Democrat there will win. Um, I think forty-eight. I think she'll get forty-eight percent. The Democrat. Uh, what's her name? Um, Laura Kelly. Laura Kelly will get forty-eight percent. I think Chris Kobach will get forty-seven percent, and then I think the the independent Greg Orman will get ten uh, percent. So you think that the independent is going to hurt the Republican more? I do think so. Yeah, I agree. Laura Kelly is going to win. And I think also because Chris Kobach is a controversial guy and she's going to try and link her to the Sam Brownback administration, which was extremely unpopular in uh, Kansas. I think that's going to help her. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, and then another state that I think is going to be really, 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 really tight is going to be um, is going to be Oklahoma. Uh, I think Oklahoma, the Repu- they'll eventually again. I think political gravity is going to kick in and they'll elect the Republican Kevin Stitt over the Democrat Drew Edmondson. But I think it's going to be by a forty-nine to forty-six margin because uh, right now Kevin Stitt is uh, right now Oklahoma is right now Oklahoma, the governor there Mary Fallon who's a republican is the most unpopular governor in the entire country she's the most po- unpopular governor in the entire country she's even more unpopular than Dan Malloy is and oh wow that's bad so that's probably going to rub off on her and Drew Edmondson is a pretty charismatic candidate the problem is is that uh Drew Edmondson is still a, a pretty liberal guy 
and I think that's probably going to hurt him. And also, political gravity, I think, will kick in, but I think it's going to be extremely close for an election in Oklahoma, for a statewide election in a red state like Oklahoma. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Yeah, and then I think Tennessee is going to be closer than everybody's expecting. Um, I think it's going to be the what, – what's the Republican's name? Uh... Let me look up his name. Oh, Billy. Billy, I think he's going to take down Carl Dean by 51 to 47%, so it'll be closer than expected. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be three to five points. Yeah, that, that, that's what I'm thinking. I think uh, Ohio, I think the Democrat there, or the Republican is Mike DeWine. The Democrat is, uh, let me look up what his name is. Hold on, let me see. Oh, Cordray, Richard Cordray. I think Richard Cordray is going to win 48% to 46%. I think he's going to get a boost from Sherrod Brown's landslide win in the Senate. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And then I think Minnesota is going to be a pretty big win for, uh, I think now that Tim Pawlenty has lost, I think, because for a while, I think the, the Democrat was in real trouble. The Democrats were in real trouble of losing that governorship because, again, Minnesota should be an overwhelmingly blue state because that was the one state Walter Mondale carried in 1984 when he was running against Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan carried every single state except for Minnesota. So that should be the most blue state in the entire country. But somehow uh, Republicans have done pretty well in certain elections in Minnesota. Um, and Trump only lost the state by two points in 2016 when, she, when he was running against Hillary Clinton. So now some Republicans have hoped that maybe they can flip it for the first time since 1972 in an election at some point. Um, but they also have hope that that might start with some state. They had, they had some hope going into the elections this year that maybe some statewide elections that, you know, maybe that them winning some statewide elections could be the first step for them turning Minnesota Republican. Um, But they've had a bit of trouble with that. For starters, Amy Klobuchar in Minnesota, nobody expects her to lose because she's a popular incumbent. Pretty much nobody expects the Republican Jim Newberger to win there. Um, and that, and some people have actually looked at Amy Klobuchar as a potential person to run against Trump in 2020. Um, another election, uh, one election they might still have a chance in is the attorney general's race because that's where Keith Ellison is running. And Keith Ellison has had a lot of problems when he's running against, he's running against Doug Wardlow. He's had a lot of problems there. They might still have a chance there, but in the governor's race, uh, Tim Walls, they were, some Republicans thought that they had a real chance of beating Tim Walls, the congressman. But now it's looking really, really un- – because for a while, Tim Pawlenty was running. And Tim Pawlenty was the former governor there, so he had a lot of name recognition. But Tim Pawlenty, in an upset, lost his primary to Jeff Johnson, the Republican nominee for governor uh, four years ago. So now it's looking pretty on un- – now, ever since Jeff Johnson has won the nomination, Tim Walls – has seen a huge surge in the polls, and now I think he's going to win by a solid margin. 
I predict Tim Walls wins 55 to 43%. Yeah, I, I agree. He's going to win by a healthy margin. Yeah. Again, Republicans thought maybe we'd have some chances winning some statewide races here. I mean, still don't count out the attorney general's race, maybe. But governor's race is looking really unlikely for them, as is the special Senate race, because they thought, oh, maybe we'd have a chance to win that seat that uh, Al Franken um, jumped uh, ship from. But again, they I think they nominated a really weak candidate in Karen Housley, the Republican. So that's looking more unlikely. Um Nevada gubernatorial election, this again should not be challenging for the Democrats, but I think the Democrat there is going to win by a point, 49 to 48%, but I do think it's going to be down to the wire in Nevada. Yeah, it definitely will be down to the wire. Yeah. Uh, in Arizona, I think Doug Ducey, the incumbent, he he's enjoy again, it was really weird because he was losing by uh, a decent amount in a lot of polls. But now he's just seen a giant surge, and now he's like winning by like twenty to fifteen to twenty points in the polls over his Democratic opponent David Garcia. Um, I still predict it'll be close, though. I think he'll win by forty nine percent to forty six percent. Not the healthiest margin, but you know, still. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think that'll be the margin he wins by. Um. I think the reason it'll be close is because of how close the Senate race is expected to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, other races, Maryland, I predict uh, Larry Hogan wins 57 to 42% uh, over Ben Jealous. Again, uh, Ben Jealous had a chance earlier on, but he's run a really weak campaign. He's just run a really, really stiff He's just a really stiff candidate. He's really uh, just a boring. He's he's very he's almost robotic as a candidate. Like he won't. He's you got to be quick on your feet if you want to be a politician. And Ben Jealous just isn't like that. He's just he's just he just speaks very robotically. He doesn't uh, ex, he doesn't draw a crowd. He's he, he's just not the greatest candidate in the world. Um, so I predict that uh, Ben Jealous loses this race 57 to 42%, and that'll make Larry Hogan the first Republican governor of Maryland in 60 years to win re-election. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. <coughs> He's definitely going to win. Um, I think in Vermont, the Republican will win uh, 56 to 38% over the Democrat. And then I think, what are your thoughts on that uh, over Christine Hallquist? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that that he'll be there. I mean, by maybe five points, I'm guessing. I'm thinking about five points. Yeah, it is Vermont. And some people do think that that race could be close. But I think he is more well-known. Well, I shouldn't say that. But I think he has a, he has a better base uh, than she does. He has a stronger base in that state than she does. And also, he is more popular amongst independents than she is. So I think that's going to help him help uh, surge him to victory. And I think he'll win 56 to 38 percent. But that's just my view right now. And then I think in New Hampshire, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be closer than people are expected. But I still think it'll be a solid win for the popular incumbent Chris Sununu. I think it'll be a win of 53 to 46 percent. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, let's see, what other states am I missing? Am I missing any other states? Oh, I think um uh I think it's gonna be a really big uh, I think it's gonna be a landslide win for Asa Hutchinson. We we interviewed the libertarian candidate for governor, uh Adam West, Mark West in uh Arkansas. I think that Jared Henderson is going to lose to Asa Hutchinson by like 40 points, maybe like, I think like 68 to 22. So that's going to be a blowout. But then I also think in Texas, um, uh, I think, uh, what's his face? Uh, uh, um, Greg Abbott is going to win by a big margin and that could help Ted Cruz get reelected. Yeah, I, I think you're right on, on that. I think he wins by like 20 points. And then I think the Georgia race will be a 49 to 49 margin. It'll be almost tied. and But because no candidate will get 50% of the vote, that'll lead to a runoff, which I think will lead to um, Brian Kemp winning easily because Republicans do well, they do better in uh, runoffs because there's not as big of a voter turnout. And I think in a runoff, he'll win 56 to 38%. Yep, I, I agree with you. Uh, let's see. Anyways, any w- w- are there any other governor's races you want? Oh, 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 oh. Wisconsin. Wisconsin, a lot of people are predicting because... Scott Walker isn't doing great in the polls. He's going to lose. I think because he has name recognition, he might barely scratch by maybe 47 to 46%. I'm thinking, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I don't. I think because of his name recognition, he'll barely scoot by. So I, I think you're right. Yeah, over Tony Evers, the Democrat. And then I think in Iowa, that's a really hard fought battle between Kim Reynolds. Uh, the incumbent, she became the incumbent after the incumbent uh, uh, Terry Branstead resigned to become Trump's ambassador to China. Uh, I think Kim Reynolds, some people think that she's done. I think she's going to barely hold on 49 to 47%. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I I think she'll hold on. I don't think that she's going to lose. And then I think um, the Michigan Senate race is going to be um, pretty easy for the Democrat. Or no, I think the New Mexico Senate race is going to be sixty-two to thirty-four in favor of the Democrats. So that'll be a landslide pickup for them. And then I think it'll be sixty to thirty-eight for the Democrats in Michigan. Again, Democrats are doing really, really well in those states. Um, yeah. And then I think it'll be uh, a, a fifty. I think it'll be like 57, yeah, 57 to 37 in the state of Illinois. I think Bruce Rauner is going to lose by a huge margin. He's going to win by a 20-point margin, even though he's the incumbent, because he's one of the most unpopular incumbents in the country. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Any other elections you want to talk about? Uh, I'm thinking we went over quite a bit. I can't really... Uh, and I think it's going to be 55 to 36 in California or no 55 to 38 in California in favor of Gavin Newsom over John Cox 
in uh in California. Yeah. Yeah, California, nothing's going to happen there. Yeah, a lot of Republicans think maybe John Cox can win there, but that's really, really, really unlikely. I know that they think that, oh, well, you know, Jerry Brown sucks so much, so maybe that'll help Republicans, but I think that's just that's just wishful thinking for a lot of Republicans. Yeah, that's not going to happen, not in California. Yeah. Um, I, I, I will say it is impressive that John Cox did managed to take down the former mayor of LA in in a primary and the California state treasurer but it's unlikely he's going to take down Gavin Newsom because Gavin Newsom just has a lot of name recognition and demographically they hate Trump. Yep, that's true. Yeah. Oh, oh Alaska. I think Alaska is going to be closer than expected. I believe it'll be a 48 to 46 margin uh win for uh the republican mike dunleavy over uh over the democrat uh mark Begich. i think it's going to be closer than most people are expecting overall he will win um but i think it'll be like so close we won't know it immediately because they don't announce the alaska poll results until the morning after yeah, that's true. Until one in the morning. So now I'll probably be up for it, but you know, they'll probably still be counting votes by the time I go to sleep on that night. Yeah, that's that's pretty that's a tough one to stay awake for. Yeah. I mean, you, you better get coffee if you guys want to stay awake for the Alaska. Yep. Yeah. But anyways, so a lot of people, do you think that Republicans are going to, there, there's some like, un, do you think Republicans are going to gain momentum that people aren't thinking of? Um, it's, it's the tough year, tough, tough to do, uh, because it's supposed, it was started out being supposed to be a, a blue wave, then that calmed down. And so it's hard to kind of, I don't think that, I think. I think it's going to end up being even, even like you said, where it's still there's going to be even though if they gain more seats in the Senate and then the Democrats and gain seats in the House and it's going to still be the same. It's just swapped. You think so? Yeah. I don't think it's going to be that much of an advantage. I don't think. Do you think there could be gridlock? Do you think Trump's going to have a hard time for the next two years getting things done? I think so. Yeah, that's unfortunately, I think so. Yeah. Do you think it's going to be a repeat of 2010 where Democrats get the Senate and Republicans get the House, but instead Republicans get the Senate and Democrats get the House? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So, so do you think Democrats are going to take a majority in the House of Representatives? I think that they are. I, I'm hoping that I'm wrong. I want to be wrong, but. But it just seems like it's trending like that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, what other governor's races did you want to talk about? Uh, we covered quite a bit. I'm trying to think of... Uh, mm, did we, did we, did we, yeah, we talked about New Hampshire already, right? Right. Chris Sinera uh, versus Molly Kelly. Right. Uh, yeah, there's not... I can't... None, none comes to mind right now. I think we spoke about most of the important ones. Yeah. All right then. Um, well, here's here's what I'm thinking about the the house. I think that in order for Republicans, here here's some elections 
Uh, well, actually, I'll, I'll leave that for the next episode. I think that's about it. But make again, thank you again for joining me, Rashawn. Thanks for having me. But before we leave, don't forget uh, to listen to check out for uh, my podcast special, History of Midterms, The Road to 2018, coming out this Friday. Uh, also, stay tuned next week as Rashawn's going to be back next week. And we're going to talk about, and it's going to be on Election Day that it comes out. We'll probably record it before then, but it'll come out on Election Day on Tuesday. And uh, then we're going to, we, we can talk about some of the House races, which could determine who gets uh, control of the House, uh, maybe some of the Senate races to look at, some of the governor's ships to look at. And then also we're going to take an early preview at some of the, the, the 2019 governor's races, the 2020 governor's races, and the 2020 Senate races to see if Democrats will have a better map in the Senate in 2020 or not. Rashawn, thank you again. It's a pleasure as always. Thanks for having me. Bye. But we're here because we are taking the first steps and we're taking them in a contract with the American people. House Minority Whip Newt Gingrich, Republican from Georgia, proposed what became known as the Contract with America. The contract, amongst other things, promised committee term limits and ethics reforms while avoiding having to discuss divisive issues such as abortion and prayer in schools. The plan was lambasted by President Clinton, but six weeks later, Democrats would be in for a big surprise and not the good... We're here because we are taking the first steps, and we're taking them in a contract with the American people. House Minority Whip Newt Gingrich, Republican from Georgia, proposed what became known as the Contract with America. The contract, amongst other things, promised committee term limits and ethics reforms, while avoiding having to discuss divisive issues such as abortion and prayer in schools. The plan was lambasted by President Clinton, but six weeks later, Democrats would be in for a big surprise, and not the good kind. 